0: The season is halfway finished, and there were some big moments for the Devils so far. What were they on my end? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now what is up New Jersey welcome back to the locked on Devils podcast you're on a locked on network I'm your host college hockey play by play announcer Devils writer for pucks and pitchforks and also part-time credential media member Trey Matthews so 41 games are now officially in the books for New Jersey Devils so the season is halfway done Now, I saw a recent article put out there by Ryan Ovaczynski of NJ.com, and he basically talked about his nine big moments so far this year. And I figured maybe I'll do something similar. So a lot has happened throughout the course of the year. The Devils are second in the Metropolitan Division. They're trying to get back into the playoffs. The last time they appeared in the playoffs was back in 2018, but they were dealt with these by the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games. The last time that they were actually competitive was back in 2012 when they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals to the LA Kings. So it's been a while since the Devils have been relevant in the playoffs. So hopefully this is our year, but it's just going to be a sprint dash to the finish for the Devils. And right now it seems like they're getting hot at the right possible time, especially with the Metro being tight. So let's get into my big moments so far, 41 games completed for the New Jersey Devils. So some honorable mentions, Vitek Manichek, and his overall big production in between the pipes the BMW line adding some depth this season and just uh, surprising a lot of people in terms of just racking up the points and being big energizers. And we know how dearly missed Nathan Bastion is ever since he got injured with that shoulder issue. And the third and final honorable mention is the Rangers game that happened on January 7th. So just a few days ago. And uh, I just figured for the honorable mentions is that, They were definitely uh, monumental. They were big, but at the same time, it's just like, I feel as though there were just some other things that were more important and that need to be discussed. And for that Rangers game, it just happened recently, so I still want to wait a few more days to digest it, and maybe I'll talk about it in a full-fledged segment because I did say in a more recent episode that that could have been a slippery slope for the Devils had they lost that game because the Rangers were trailing them. And if the Rangers hypothetically won that game, they would have passed the Devils in the Metropolitan Division and thus the Devils fall to third. But I still want to wait a couple more days and see how the Devils perform after that. Obviously, they won their most recent game against the Hurricanes, so that's a good start. But let's face it, they didn't have their best showing. But let's get into my big moments so far. So, number one. Lindy Ruff silences the haters so going into the year Lindy Ruff was held to a very short leash so we got rid of Mark Recchi. we got rid of Alon Nazardine the COVID procedures had changed and uh injuries were no longer a thing for the Devils to start the year because uh at the conclusion of last year obviously Jack Hughes was out with an injury Jesper Brad was dealing with something Nico Heischer missed a few games Mackenzie Blackwood Jonathan Bernier P.K. Subban, the list goes on. I'm sure I'm missing a few other players, but long story short version, uh, Lindy Ruff didn't have too much to work with as the season progressed. So I figured that was a little unfair on his end because he doesn't have much to work with. But going into this year, the excuses were obviously uh, a waning. So it was basically all or nothing for Lindy Ruff. Got off to a pretty slow start. Devils lost their first two games, five to two, first to the Philadelphia Flyers and then to the Detroit Red Wings. So I said, uh, if the Devils don't have a good showing after the first five or ten or so games, I felt as though Lindy Ruff would have been given the can because the Devils have a lot of talent on this roster. We got Jack Hughes, Nico Kiescher, Jesper Bratt. We have a few solid uh, key components, including Andre Polat at the time. We had uh, a, a lot of good uh, defensemen in Jonas Siegethaler, Ryan Graves, Dougie Hamilton, got John Marino. So the, the Devils should have been improving, not getting off to that such of a slow start. So basically it was Lindy Ruff had to turn it around quickly and he was able to do so because the devils were able to go on a mini three game win streak. They lost in their uh, next matchup against the Washington capitals. And then they went on a 13 game win streak and we're still relying on those points to this day. So uh, because the month of December was not a good showing for a devil. So uh, Lindy rough now has his name in the running for the Jack Adams trophy and, Uh, Lindy Ruff has silenced the haters and I think his haters have definitely started to fizzle on out. So Lindy Ruff stepped up to the plate and he was able to help the Devils in a big way. Now, number two, Jesper Bratt and his 11 game point streak to open up the season. Jesper Bratt bet on himself because the Devils were trying to offer him uh, a deal that his agent felt as though was a little insulting because Jesper Bratt did reveal that he left his agent up to the negotiating process. I don't think Jesper Bratt is going anywhere, but I think the standstill in the situation was that uh, he, uh, Jesper Bratt's agent is seeing players like Brock Besser get paid. Kevin Fiala get paid. Obviously you see someone like Tage Thompson. He recently just got paid. So The the overall mindset is that Jesper Brad deserves big money because Jack Hughes is signed long-term. Nico, he is signed long-term. Dougie Hamilton is signed long-term. So I'm sure his agent was like, look, give us similar money in that ballpark. But I'm sure the Devils were like, look, Brad has only had one good season. There's no guarantee he's going to have it again. But like I said, Brad bet on himself and he broke the franchise record for longest point streak to open up the season. He's a point per game player. He could become an all-star this year. I think the fans could definitely get him into it. And Jesper Bratt, uh he's been a key component for our baby big 3 because we know how good Nico Heischer is. We know how good Jack Hughes is, but Jesper Bratt and his overall production, I had high hopes for him. I said I think this is going to be his breakout year. Once he's named an all-star, I think people will start to realize how good he is because last year he was pretty underrated. I wanted more people to, to, to talk about Brad and what he brings to the table, because you talk about a few other players, but what about just for Brad? Just Brad is actually really good. And I know there's an inside joke on devil's Twitter saying that he's the best player in the NHL, but quite honestly, he's one of the best players on the devil's roster and people need to start to realize that. So, uh getting that 11-point game win, uh, streak to open up the year, uh, that was kind of surprising. He he was performing above expectations, and I, I expected him to be good, but not that good. If you were to tell me that was to happen, I said, eh, it's plausible, but not likely to happen. Now, the third one, and this is probably the easiest one, the Devils going on a 13-game win streak. Now, the 13-game win streak was nice and all, but what impressed me more was that the Devils won 16 of their 17 matchups during that span. Because remember, they went on a three-game win streak, they lost to the Washington Capitals, and then they went on that 13-game win streak. So that impressed me more than the 13-game win streak. The 13-game win streak was nice and all, but uh, winning 16 of your last 17 games, not a lot of people can do that. And keep in mind, when the, the Devils lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs, so that's 16 of their last 18. But then they win three more games, so that's 19 of your last 21. So that's actually an impressive stretch of games for a devil. So that's an easy one. Number four, the 7-1 to win against Columbus with Johnny Goodrow on October 30th. Now, I don't know if this was big for a lot of people. This was certainly big for me because, like many other people, I was so disappointed when Johnny Goodrow didn't sign with the New Jersey Devils or uh, any East Coast team for that matter. So if he were to sign with the New York Islanders or the Philadelphia Flyers, I'd be disappointed, but not to the same extent when he signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets, because I felt as though that was a big slap in the face to not only the Calgary Flames but the East Coast teams that were interested in him. Because you said he he said that he wanted to be closer to his family. He was raised in South Jersey, and I get that he identifies more as a Philadelphia Flyers fan since South Jersey is not that far away from Philadelphia. But at the same time, Johnny Goodrow is uh, a what was raised in the state of New Jersey even if he wasn't in the same vicinity as Newark. So my my thing is like Johnny Goodrow saying he wants to go home. Okay, sign with an East Coast team, sign with the Islanders, sign with the Flyers, or sign with the Devils if you actually want to win something. But unfortunately, he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and a lot of Devils fans, a lot of Devils news reporters, whatever the case might be, got a lot of slander in my eyes just because we all were hyping up Johnny Goodrow possibly joining the Devils, and once he joined the Columbus Blue Jackets, we were ridiculed at times. I was disappointed. Like, it, you can go back to that episode that I recorded in, like, what, July, when I said, oh, great, Johnny Goodrow is going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I I had never been that disappointed to record an episode in two years of working at Locked On. Some of my colleagues were ridiculing me, and I was just like, okay, yeah, the Devils will still be good. Just trust me. Just you wait. So. Uh, come October 30th and just blowing the Columbus Blue Jackets out of the water 7-1 to and the Blue Jackets now being last in the Metro, that was big, at least on my end. So I think that was kind of monumental because that was basically, hey, Johnny, welcome to the Metropolitan Division. You said you wanted to win. You said you were trying to get a deal done with the Devils. Well, here you go. You should have signed with the Devils. You shouldn't have signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets because he literally said on, I I think he appeared on Spitting Chicklets uh, podcast, and he was like, Look, I am tr- I was trying to get a deal done with the Devils, but then my agent called and said that Columbus brought something to the table, and I was like, I want to go there, get the deal done. Be careful what you wish for, Johnny Goodrow. So we still have some more big moments to discuss, but before we do, I want you guys to make some extra cash, so head over to betonline.net. It is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so we talked about Lindy Ruff. We talked about Jesper Bratt. We talked about the 13-game win streak and also the amount of winning the Devils did in that uh, time span. Talked about Johnny Goodrow and that situation. Number five, the Devils 4-3 to win against the Edmonton Oilers on November 3rd. Because here's the thing. Here was the situation. The Devils were down 3-1 going into the final period of regulation. And th- this was in the midst of their mini-win streak because this was before that they uh, were able to uh, rack it up to like 10 or so. Uh, so going against the Edmonton Oilers on the road, the Devils were in need of a quick comeback. So this game literally got me jumping because Miles Wood was able to score and cut the lead to one. Okay, so the Devils are still in it. They were getting a lot of shots on goal. And I was like, they have to tie this and send this into OT. That's what I was feeling. They were able to tie it. And then literally a few seconds later, they took the lead. No OT needed. And when they scored that fourth goal, I was basically jumping out of my seat because I'm like, this team is legitimate. Wow, I, I, I can't believe that they were that they had that sort of comeback in them because here's the thing. This was the first time that they were trailing during the course of the season, but they still had a chance to come away with the win. So I talked about the first two games of the year. They were down 5-2. to two. Basically, it was a gong show. They, they had no chance of a comeback. It would have taken some sort of miracle for it to come into fruition. Then that game against the Washington Capitals, they lost 6-3. So that was pretty much out of their hands. And at that point, every anytime they scored, it was just to save face. But in this game, it's like you're down three-one. You're only down by two goals. You still have plenty of time left. Get a quick goal, and then see what happens as the game progresses. They were able to get that quick goal early on in period number three, and then they were still uh, just uh, asserting themselves in their offensive end, ties the game, and then just literally a few seconds later, they take the lead. Also worth mentioning, Mackenzie Blackwood went down in that game, so Vitek Vanacek had to come in quickly on the power play nonetheless. So the Edmonton Oilers were able to get a quick power play goal on Vitek Vancheck and it sure looked like it was going to be the end of the night for the Devils early, but they were able to maintain themselves and also going against one of the best players to ever play this game, the defense had to step up. So that was the first time that I really saw John Marino just basically uh, just give fans that overall mindset saying he's a legitimate defenseman because I saw Connor McDavid get smothered by John Marino. I saw him get smothered by Jonas Agatha or Dougie Hamilton. Whatever defenseman was out there, the Devils were not afraid to just basically get in front of him, cut off his passing lanes. And at one point, Conor McDavid was trying to body John Marino into the boards. John Marino just shrugged it off, acted like it was nothing, didn't stumble, didn't fall to the ground, didn't do anything. He was able to just stand tall and just knock the puck back into neutral zone. So I was like, wow, John Marino is a big body out there, and he's not afraid to take on the likes of Conor McDavid. And basically, anytime that uh, uh, Conor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl, whenever they were trying to uh, go off and running, I just saw three skaters in front of him at all times. And that's what you sort of need. You can't just put all the pressure on your two defensemen, make sure the forwards come up to play to also just uh, help out in that regard. So that's basically what I saw from my vantage point. And that was just the game that I just felt as though the Devils are legitimate. So, yeah, that was really exciting to see. Number six, the 4-3 to OT victory against the Ottawa Senators on November 10th. So here's the circumstance once again. Vitek Vancek gets hurt. He has to be replaced by Akira Schmidt. Akira Schmidt did look a little scared out there. And having spoken to Akira Schmidt, he does get nervous easily. Because having spoken to Akira Schmidt after the St. Louis Blues game, He was brought up unexpectedly because Mackenzie Blackwood was hurt. So they sidelined Blackwood just for precautionary reasons. And Akira Schmidt did say he was a little nervous uh, going into that game. So, And it kind of did show as the game progressed because, honestly, that was a win the Devils should have had. So Akira Schmidt does get nervous, guys. It's not uh, you being crazy. It's not your wild perspective. He does get a little nervous. And he's young. He he hasn't been put into too many situations like that. So – Give him a few more years. I'm sure he'll be fine. But anyway, that Ottawa Senators game, we saw Akira Schmidt basically playing between the pipes unexpectedly. Um, and Nico Heischer was able to come up big because he scored two goals. And his second goal of the game was the game winner. Now, it came off the stick of Dougie Hamilton and Nico Heischer redirected it on in. But here was the circumstance in OT. Devils had to go to the penalty kill. And Eric Holla broke his stick. So it really looked like the Devils put themselves into a very vulnerable position and looked like it was going to be the end of the night for them. But they were able to stand tall. Akira Schmidt, he was able to rob Brady Kachuk a couple times. And basically, Akira Schmidt, he just eased himself into the game, and he came up big in OT. And when when look at Eric Holla, this gets forgotten about, but when he broke his stick, he didn't back down. He got into it like a basketball-ready type of position. And he was like, bring it on. I'm not scared of you. And he was able to cut off the lanes of the Ottawa Senators. And then once the Devils come back at full strength or, you know, it's three on three in OT, but you get, you get what I mean. Once they uh, get out of the penalty, uh, Dougie Hamilton, he let a beautiful shot go off a stick. Nico Heischer redirects on in. And basically I, I remember appearing on locked on senators. And I said, I think this game is going to show the world why Nico Heischer can still be a superstar In this league, and I I know Nico Heisher had good games prior to that, but that was just the 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 game that I vividly remember. That was the game that I was just like, Nico Heisher, superstar. That ship has not sailed; it can still happen. So, I like I said, I know Nico Heisher has had good outings prior to that, but that was just a defining moment in my eyes. Now, number seven, the trash game. So, trash night at the Prudential Center on November 23rd. What happened? Well, here's what happened. Devils were on a 13-game win streak. They needed one more win to break the franchise record. And unfortunately, they had three goals waved off, and the Toronto Maple Leafs ended up winning that game. So after the Devils had another goal waved off, fans just took it upon themselves to make a statement, and they threw trash onto the rink. Now, a lot of people, including a former colleague of mine at had locked on, called the organization a trash ass organization or a trash ass fan base, wherever the case might be. And I said, they're not trash, they're passionate. Like I th- this is what I loved. Like, look, I can't condone that ki- type of behavior. And that's not something I would personally do. But at the same time, it's just like I see the passion and I luckily I have this show to vent my frustrations. I have this show to basically express my excitement, my disappointment my grievances with the team, whatever the case might be, I have this. And some people don't. And just being able to just express in that sort of way, like I said, probably not the best way to do it, but I just saw a passionate fan base. And Lindy Ruff said it post-game as well. He was just like, the fans are passionate. And it's why Lindy Ruff didn't take it personal when he heard the fire Lindy chants because he just knew that the, the fan base was passionate. So I can't say I love to see that kind of thing, and I hope it doesn't happen again but I don't think the fan base is trash. I just like, no pun intended. I just think that they were just passionate they were frustrated because it wasn't just a game. It was a history game because like I said, just a game away from breaking the franchise record had this thing happened in like December when the devils were in the midst of like a mini losing streak, I would have just said like, okay, that's not going to happen because, Three goals waved off, losing streak. People are just going to complain and they're going to mope and say, oh, that's just the devil's luck. But no, no. That overall circumstance is sort of like a villain in a movie, which is like you hear their backstory and you feel somewhat sympathetic, but at the same time, it's just like you're handling it the wrong way. So I get where your frustrations, your anger are boiling from, but that's not the way to do it. So that's all I have to say. I don't think the fan base is trash. I don't think... uh, the organization deserves any slander, whatever the case might be. I love the fans of New Jersey; they were just passionate. So that's and I relate to that in that sort of aspect because I'm very passionate when I do this show. So yeah, that that was very memorable. I guess that's a little infamous, but still, it was a, a big moment that happened during the course of this 41 game stretch. And then the Devils, number eight, won three after that trash night at the Prudential Center. So. Is something that we're going to talk about at the end of the season as well. You can't help but think, what could have happened? Had the Devils won against the Toronto Maple Leafs during that game and then continued to win the three after that, they would have tied the all-time record for longest win streak. So the longest uh, win streak in NHL history was uh, set by the Pittsburgh Penguins when they won 17 in a row. So had the Devils won uh, that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs and then continued to win those three games after that, they would have tied the all-time record. And like I said, had they won that game uh, either way, they would have broken their personal franchise record. So it wasn't just a game, like I said. It was a history game. It's just something that's always going to be in the back of my mind saying, what could have happened? What if this just went differently? So another infamous moment, but let's line up and let's end on a positive note. So we've talked about Jesper Bratt and his defining moment. We talked about Nico Kiescher and his defining moment let's talk about our franchise players defining moment. And that was Jack Hughes' hat trick against Washington Capitals on November 26th. Because after that, it just you just unleashed the beast. Because Jack Hughes was able to rack up 15 points in 13 games during the month of December, despite the devil's struggles. He was named second star of the week by the NHL recently. And obviously he's going to Florida for the All-Star game. So Jack Hughes, after that hat trick, he was already having a pretty good year, but we were just like, we know he could just take it to new heights and he could put himself over the edge. So it's just like, when is it that going to happen? And it happened when he had those three goals against the Washington Capitals in late November, carried over into de- December. And it obviously is still carrying over to January. So that was just a big momentum shift for Jack Hughes. And like I said, it's not like he was having a bad season, but that's what put him over the edge. And that's why he could honestly get his name into the Hart Memorial Trophy race. Now, obviously, you got someone in Edmonton that's the favorite and the front runner to win. But at the same time, it's just like, I'm sure Jack Hughes can finish in the top three, top five, somewhere in that vicinity. And remember, back during the 2017-2018 season, the, the last season in which the Devils made the playoffs, Taylor Hall won the Hart Memorial Trophy and was the first Devils player in franchise history to do so. And at the forty game mark, he actually had less points than what Jack Hughes had during the forty game mark this year. So it just gives you that perspective of how Jack Hughes has been performing. And like I said, unfortunately, Connor McDavid is the front runner, and I don't wish injury upon anyone. But it it would take a catastrophic uh, occurrence for jack hughes to win the heart trophy and unfortunately Connor mcdavid just continues to just exceed expectations even more because he's in an elite status and he's a one-of-a-kind talent and somehow some way he's always able to elevate it and that's just what jack hughes has to deal with and but jack hughes is still young he's 21 he's gonna have a Hart memorial trophy uh in his trophy case Come the end of his career. So I'm not worried about that. And like Damon Severson said, he's going to have a lot more all star appearances. So those are my top nine big moments so far this season for a Devil. So let me know what you guys think. What was your list? So I'll repeat my list once again. Lindy Ruff silences the haters. Jesper Bratt, 11 game point streak to open up the season, winning 13 games, but winning 16 of their last 17 during that stretch. The 7 1 win against the Columbus Blue Jackets, against Johnny Goodrow the 4-3 victory against the Oilers, the 4-3 OT victory against the Ottawa Senators, the Trash Night game on November 23rd, the what-if scenario, what could have gone differently had that Trash game gone into the favor of the Devils. So that was number eight. And then number nine, Jack Hughes and his hat trick. So here's to your guys' list, and were there any other big moments I missed? And like I said, this is completely subjective, and this is just basically on my end. And basically what I remember and just looking back at the schedule saying, hey, I remember this. I remember that. I, and I also had some honorable mentions, which was VTech Mancheck, the BMW line, and the Rangers game on January 7th. So as for today's jam-packed episode, that's all time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.